Well, it's good to, uh, to be with you this morning. And, uh, just want to share a few thoughts. I'm not going to keep you very long. Uh, those of you who know me know that I'm not happy down this end. I like being up the other end. <laughs> and uh, But, uh, yeah, it's fallen to me to uh, bring the word this morning, so uh, we'll see where we go. just want to share a few thoughts uh, with you that uh, came out of a break that we had earlier in the year <coughs> up in, uh, in Northumberland. And uh, the thoughts that I've had tie in a little bit uh, with... Uh, what Pastor Simon's been encouraging us, and, and uh, William this morning uh, encouraging us, that uh, the importance of the Word of God that we have in our Bibles. Um, the importance of the Word of God in our Bibles. While we were up in Northumberland, <coughs> we were able to visit a, a little village called Bambra, or Bamberg, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Bambra. Sounds more black country, doesn't it? Bam Bambra. Uh, which is uh, a little village perhaps known for uh, at least three things. Does anybody know what they might be? A castle? Yeah. Bambra's got a castle. And uh, it's had a, a form of a castle since 500 AD. Uh, the one that's there at the moment uh, is what's one that's been restored uh, from the Norman times. Uh, James I, uh, who was on the throne at the time, he uh, sort of inherited it and uh, he couldn't afford to keep it. So in his wisdom, he gave it away to a, a guy named Claudius Forster. Uh, and he gave it on the pretense that this guy had, uh, you know, it worked well for him. So uh, he offloaded this, uh, this castle to this guy, Claudius. Uh, but lo and behold, he couldn't afford to keep it up either. <laughs> so uh, it all went to ruin. And it's recently, or, or more recently, been restored. And it's said that it's one of the, the best uh, sort of castles in the country um, that's lived in and uh, still occupied. And it is a, quite a, a nice, formidable castle. And it stands up on a, a big rock um, right at the end of Bambra village. Anything else that you can think of that Bambra's known for? No? No? Well, the castle's right on the seafront. And um, it's got a lovely beach all the way down the coast, nice sandy beach. Uh, that runs for quite a few miles with sand dunes behind. And uh, again, it's one of the, the nicest beaches or nicer beaches that are up around that area. And it goes for quite a long way. And the castle stands on this big rock overlooking it. And the third thing, any ideas? No? Well, you've heard of a lady named Grace Darling. Yeah. Well, Grace Darling was born in Bambra. And uh, if this works right, yeah. 
she was the daughter of a lighthouse keeper. Um, for those of you that are, are, are well known in these things, that, that's not a picture of um, the lighthouse that she, she lived in. That's just a lighthouse somewhere. Uh, she was born uh, in, in, uh, in Bambra, and she, along with her parents, uh, four brothers and four sisters, all lived in this lighthouse on uh, Longstone Lighthouse, which is one of the Fawn Islands. Uh, Grace was a lady that's perhaps well remembered, or more, well, yeah, remembered for the heroic uh, rescue of sailors and some of the crew and, uh, and passengers on a, a steamship that was coming south, named the, uh, the SS Forfarshire. And it ran aground on Big Harcourt Rock, which again is one of the islands uh, just to the west of Lungstone, where Grace Darling was living. At the time, she was only 22 years old. And she was, uh, with her father, went out to rescue these uh, sailors that had come aground. And if you look at the Farne Islands, um, Lungstone is the one out to the the east, and uh, as you come back towards the, the coast of England, Inner Farne has got another lighthouse on it. And uh, it's said that the captain, when he was coming south, mistook the inner one for the outer one. And so, when he thought he got plenty of room to come past the uh, the east easternmost rocks, he was actually coming straight into the middle. Um, so he, he mistook the, the, the lighthouses. And it was the importance of the lighthouses that uh, reminded me of the referencing in the word of, word of God, of the Bible, uh, the word of God, is, should be the light in our lives. Um, William was just saying that um, we should be the salt. But the other thing we should be is the light. And the light of uh, the Bible should be in our lives. And so, the first uh, thing that I, know, I want to bring is that um, the light should be a living light, a living and a powerful light. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So it diagnoses our spiritual condition. It's like a, a surgeon's precision with a scalpel. It opens up the body, doesn't it, to find out the problems with our body and what's wrong. And so the Bible, the Word of God, is as sharp as that. It's as, uh, as keen as that to open and accurately discern what's going on with our spiritual being. And it exposes our weaknesses. We need to submit ourselves to what it says. It's, it's not good just learning facts and building up knowledge. The spiritual work of God's word is far more than the educational value of learning the Bible. You know, we can learn different things from the Bible, can't we? Different facts and different figures. We can learn about, um, you know, the, the guy that had thousands of men and God told him to uh, get rid of loads of them. So he was, he was left with a few hundred well, that's great, you know, it's nice to know the facts. 
But unless we, we look at the meaning that it's, you know, it, it was showing us how God's provision is above everything else. Uh, the fact means nothing, does it? You know, it's just a fact. But it's what it means uh, that we need to understand. Psalm 1, verse 2 and 3 says, Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the, of the word and meditates on it day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. When we allow the word to live in us and abide in it, we have the blessings of fruit, of health, and of prosperity. That's not just monetary prosperity, it's our whole life's prosperity. You know, the word of God has got things that will teach us how to live a good, healthy, and prosperous life and bless us with fruit. Matthew 4.4 4 says, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The living, active word of God will sustain us in our daily lives. You know, if we, we read it and we take in what it means, it'll sustain us. We come back to it and it'll help us to, to move on in where we are. In Matthew 13, 23, it says, but the, fee, the, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. You know, the seed doesn't change, does it? You know, the farmer throws out the seed on the ground. It's the same seed, and that doesn't change. The Bible doesn't change. The word doesn't change. It's what the seed does when it falls into the ground, isn't it? If it's barren, uh, rocky ground, then it's hard for it to get established. If it's good soil, it'll grow. And if we allow that seed to fall into our, our lives and we prepare to, to listen to what, this, what it's saying and what it's doing, then we will bear fruit. If we practice what it says, the fruit will come. The second point is the word is an intense, powerful light. The early lighthouses were just, uh, just a fire lit on a, a prominent position, just on a hilltop somewhere, which, although it was better than nothing, it was still limited into the distance that it could be seen and the effect that it could have. And then in 1822, we had a French scientist named Augustin Jean Fresnel. You heard of him? No. He discovered that by arranging lenses and prisms uh, in the shape of a beehive, the strength of the beam could be intensified and it was improved and it could be seen for many miles. That's not a, a square beehive like you see nowadays. It was a beehive that used to be a dome shape. Um, how he discovered it, I don't know. It's amazing, isn't it, how folks discover these things. I mean, whether he was just playing with lenses at the time and, you know, making pretty patterns and suddenly realised it. But it's great, isn't it, how these things come about, how even there God can order our minds, can't he, order our lives into, into discovering these great things. But anyway, he, he found out that you could, you know, by arranging these lenses, uh, it, it increased the power of the light. You know, there's a lighthouse just off Pembrokeshire, but you, you probably know, don't you? Um, it's called the Smalls Lighthouse. And uh, in the early days, it had a 35-watt bulb in it. 
that's like a little candle bulb. Um, and because of these lenses, the light there could be seen for 21 miles. You wouldn't imagine that, wouldn't you, when you look at a 35-watt bulb? You know, the light could travel for so far. Nowadays, things have improved and uh, they've changed lights to these more efficient things. Um, but that's what it did in the day. And the Smalls Lighthouse is also known for a, a more macabre uh, piece of history, which you can look up yourself and, uh, and learn about that. Psalm, so, uh, Psalm 119.105 says, The word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. It's a powerful word. It's an inten intense word. Uh, and it'll shine the way we, we want to go. When we're looking for direction, the Bible has instruction as to which is the right way. The smallest light overcomes darkness, doesn't it? Even in the deepest uh, mines or the, the deepest caverns in the, in the world, uh, where people say, you know, you can, you can feel the darkness, you know, it's um, like a tangible feeling. If you light a match, uh, it dispels that darkness. So no matter how dark our lives might be, or how they might seem, the light of God's word will shine through if we let it, you know, if we allow it to. There's always something in the word of God that will break through the darkness that we might be going through. Ephesians 6.17 says, Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. It's powerful. The word of God is a powerful weapon. We can use the word to fight our battles. Remember when Jesus was in the wilderness, he used the word of God, didn't he, to counter the temptations of Satan. And also notice this is, this gift of the spirit is the only one that's normally used for offence. Uh, the others are all defensive weapons, defensive things. You've got the helmet, you've got the, the breastplate. But the word we can take and we can take the fight to the enemy with it. It's a powerful weapon. It's a powerful, intense weapon. The third one is that uh, it's, it's a guiding light. <clears throat> a lighthouse isn't just an ornament, is it? It's there for a purpose. Uh, although in the Victorian times, when a lot of these were built, they were built ornate, weren't they? Uh, many of the other buildings that they built were all ornate, but they had a purpose. Uh, and the purpose was to guide sailors safely in the right direction. And uh, our Bibles aren't meant to be ornaments either, are they? Although a lot of people keep the Bibles on a shelf in a nice leather-bound cover. Uh, and it's, uh, it's never taken down. It's just there, it looks good, and... Uh, it takes perhaps a prominent position on the shelf, but there it stays. It's never taken down and read. And our Bibles need to be used for the purpose they were given for. You know, they need to be used to guide us in the right direction. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And Simon's been encouraging us, hasn't he? You know, hide the word in your heart, learn it. Uh, and, you know, when things crop up then, when situations occur, the Holy Spirit can bring those words back to our memory and, 
and stop us from perhaps going in the wrong direction. Verse 24 says, your statutes are a delight. They are my counsellors. You know, sometimes when we we read some of the the words in the Bible, we think, well, I I don't particularly like that. Uh, You know, I don't don't want to do that. Uh, But they should be a delight. We should appreciate that the words are there for our good. You know, when when your parents say, you know, don't put your hand in the fire, you think, well, you know, I'd like to do that. But they tell you that, you know, for a purpose, you know. And it should be a delight, you know, we should appreciate that the word of God is there for our benefits. It's there for our well-being. And verse 165 of Psalm 119 says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. You know, when we read the word of God, it should give us a peace. It should bring peace into our hearts. Uh, whatever we're going through, you know, difficult times, there's always a word there. And if we, if we seek God first, before we open the word of God, he'll point us to those words that are going to mean something to us. He knows our situations, you know, moment by moment. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're going to go through, you know, in the, in the next sort of hours and days. So by reading the word, he can prepare us. He can bring a word so that when we go through the situations, those words will come back to us and bring us that peace that they're designed for. You know, if the light in the lighthouse is covered up, it would be useless, wouldn't it? You know, if, if, we were to put a, if they were to put a, a blanket over the light, you know, it would be of no use to anybody. If the word of God is not opened up and it's not read, it's not going to be any use to us, is it? If it sits on the shelf, it just looks pretty. It won't serve the purpose that God gave it for us. The fourth one is uh, the word of God is a heavenly light. It's all going to plant so far, isn't it? It's a heavenly light. A lighthouse, important as it is, can only guide people to earthly destinations, can't it? It can only provide uh, guidance on this earth. God's word in our Bibles is there to guide us to a heavenly destination. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We've all gone the wrong way, and we're all destined to a lost eternity, aren't we? You know, the Bible's quite clear on that. You know, we all do our own thing, and because we do our own thing, we're all destined uh, to a lost eternity. John fourteen six, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And John five twenty four says, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. And James one twenty one it says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So on the one hand, the word of God tells us that we're all destined to a lost eternity. But then it also gives us the way out, doesn't it? You know, Jesus is the light, he's the way. He's the, only by putting our trust in him 
can we have eternal life? Only by following his ways and the, the, the way that he set down before us can we have that eternal life. It can save us, it will save us if we turn to what the Bible's telling us to do. And then finally, the word of God is a testing light. Each lighthouse has a, a unique flash code. I don't know whether you ever sat on the beach watching them. They've all got a distinct code that they, they flash at. And they've also sometimes got different colours uh, that can be seen. The one on Longstone, where Grace Darling was, flashes once every 20 seconds. And the, the other one, on the inner island, flashes twice every 15 seconds. So there's a, a subtle difference. And that's what the, the captain of the ship missed. That, that difference, the different flash rate, made all the difference to what he was doing. The test of the lighthouse is whether the sailor believes and understands what it's telling him. Obviously, that guy didn't understand what he was seeing, did he? If he doesn't read the code of the flash correctly, then he's destined to harm. If you don't understand what it was saying. The test of God's word, our Bible, is whether people understand and believe what he says to them. As we said earlier, we can learn it. We can learn it word for word. But if we don't understand what it's saying and we don't apply it, uh, it's not going to do us any good, is it? John 12, 48 says, There's a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them at the last day. Psalm 14, 1 to 3 says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. How often do we hear that said, you know, I don't believe in God. It says they are corrupt. Their deeds are vile and there is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there is anyone who understands. Any who seek God. All have turned away. All have become corrupt. And there is no one who does good. Not even one. And unless we accept Jesus... We're in that category, aren't we? Unless we believe what the word's saying, we fall into there. Nobody can stand justified by their own doing. We can't work our way in, can we? Ephesians 2.8 says, For it's by grace that we're saved. It is the gift of God through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It says it's not by works. We can't work our way into heaven. We can't do anything to, to earn our salvation. It is a gift. We've got to accept what the Bible says and the way, uh, the way we can get, into, get to heaven. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young, man, a young person stay on the path of purity? It says, By living according to your word. The instructions are there, aren't they? The directions are there. But we need to take them to heart, take them into our being and apply them. There's only one way to be right in God's sight. 1 John 1, 7, uh, 1 John 1 verse 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have the fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. It's only the blood of Jesus that's going to get us through. It's only by believing that Jesus died for us that we're going to 
change our course and go on the right pathway. You know, we can only be considered Christians, the true followers of God, if we are continually following the directions laid down in the word. John 8, verse 31 says, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. So I just wanted to leave those few thoughts with you. Just that idea of a lighthouse, you know, the word is the light in our lives. It's got all those, um, those uh, meanings. I don't know whether you can see that the, I've highlighted the, the first letter of each word. So it, it brings out the word light. The word is the light in our lives. But we need to appreciate it. We need to apply it. And we need to follow the light uh, to be going in the right direction. Amen. So let's uh, be encouraged by what Simon said. Take the word to our hearts. Don't just read it. Meditate on it. Listen, you know, hear what God's saying through it all and apply it to our lives.